It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, I like learning about our favorite team. I like hearing behind-the-scenes thoughts and details. But this is not 1992. As much as it feels that way because of the money and the expectations, I don't think we're going to find what maybe some are looking for, which is there was a fight. Right after that Tiger series. And this guy hates that guy. And this guy slept with his girlfriend. I, I, I don't think it's there. Because if it was there, it would have already been dug up. What is this locker room? This is a locker room that's probably normal. And I made this point on the air. And hear me out on this. If you had a bunch of really good reporters deciding to dig in on the Milwaukee Brewers clubhouse, don't you think you would find probably similar things. Yet the Brewers are going to win the NL Central. So no one's digging into the locker room. Nobody gives a rat's ass. When you lose, you're always looking to find something. And if there is something, it's always great to hear. Like, look, that out of Eno line, if that's the mindset a lot of Met players had or this organization had, that's a problem. I'll admit that. If you're walking around waiting for a savior, that's a problem. If the Jets are saying, look, Aaron Rodgers is coming back in December. We'll be okay. That's delusional. And that's a problem. So the Mets suck this year. There's 150 reasons why. We're going to have so many podcasts going through every freaking reason why this team was terrible. Oh, I can't wait for that, Pete. I'm so excited. Evan, the one thing I will say, though, and I just, just listen to reading, you know, hearing you talk about the article and just in general there is a major disconnect and divide in the locker room from and some things that we had weren't discussed, like the whole McNeil and Lindor car thing. Like it's stupid, it really is. But I just think that these people are are, and I gotta be honest, they're human beings. They're 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 not tight. I think that they, I don't think they're a very tight team. I really don't. I think there's some groups that are are tighter than others, but as a team, they're not gelling. And that's something that, that that showed. You had the pitching staff, the elite pitchers that weren't as talkative as they normally were. Uh, you had 
Lindor McNeil. McNeil thinks he's getting a car over some some passing comment that Lindor. We makes. don't know though if he really cares about that. You know what I mean? Like may- maybe he does, but we have no evidence that like he, he actually cared about cares it. About- he, br- he cared about it because he brought it up. <laughs> he brought it. He put it on record. Yeah, think about that. The people that think of did people come to McNeil and say, "Hey, by the way, uh, I heard Lindor say something to you about a car that you're getting." And McNeil brought it up to everybody. He put it on record. He put it out there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if that's really a thing. It, it's it's interesting that Lindor hasn't given it to him, but I don't know if that's caused any kind of divide in this locker room. And, it's just, and, it's just, and, and it's my just, counter is, what was last year? Like, what, what was last year? Like, they won 101 games last year, and it's a very similar locker room position player-wise. Last year, things bounced their way. That that's the first thing, and people were—I don't want to say healthier, but the, the the reality is, is that like, even though Degrom wasn't there, Scherzer was there for a majority of the time. You had those those swing guys. Bassett was a mainstay. You know, even Tyron Walker was a mainstay. You didn't have two pitchers that basically were missed the first half of the season in um in Quintana and and Ver- Verlander, who were like they're supposed to be there. There was listen. That's not true because Degrom wasn't there. But it just felt like the injuries helped nudge this team into chaos. Well, yeah, I mean that that that's why I think the team sucked. Like you nailed it, Verlander and Quintana making their starts in April and May and June, or in Verlander's case, April changes a lot to me. Changes a lot. But I, I think we'll hear more as the weeks go on. Um, I, I don't want to make changes based on innuendo or rumors or feelings. You know what I mean? Like, you have to make changes to build the best roster possible. Now, it's important for David Stearns to get a temperature of that room, and maybe that means changing the manager. Because if there was that big of a disconnect in this locker room, if that's how you feel, and it's the truth, then the manager's got to go. Then the manager is a big part of that. But I don't want to trade or get rid of good players Based on that, I want to build the best team possible. And the Mets have an avenue to getting a lot better, but they've got to be smart in building this roster during the offseason. Uh, can I just put a, a, a bow on the whole Philly series? Because you just said, you just nailed it right there. You want to make this team better. Mm. And this Mets team is not awful as far as what well, I think there's a good core to it. I think the young kids are good. But just imagine that the Mets hit on some of the free agents they were trying to go to over the past few years. Guys like JT Ramuto, guys like Nick Castellanos, guys like, I mean, Trey Turner was really, nah. but the Phillies got them all and they have a decent squad. Like that, the Phillies are turning into the team that the Mets wanted. I mean, not yeah, saying that well, Bryce Harper, not saying Bryce Harper was somebody that we were locked in on. Well, the, they had, the, the biggest free agent that the Phillies signed that the Mets didn't, that I think makes a bigger difference than any of the guys you just named. Besides Zach. Bryce, you didn't mention Bryce. Obviously, Bryce is a great player. Is Zach Wheeler? Yeah, Zach Wheeler would have made the biggest difference. You know, even this year, Zach Wheeler doesn't have Cy Young numbers, but the guy for the most part goes out, and makes his starts, and that's one of the most valuable traits you can have in Major League Baseball. I did read this piece of good news. If you want to call this good news, the Mets called up Anthony Kay before Sunday's game. Obviously, Anthony Kay is a guy who was in the Mets organization for a while. They drafted him. He didn't sign. They drafted him again. He did sign. He was traded for Marcus Stroman. He was DFA'd a bunch of times. Mets claimed him 
about a week and a half ago. And I saw this in Newsday, and I thought this was a positive sign of where the Mets are going. Anthony Kay in talking about his return to the Mets. I can already see the insane improvements that they've made over the last four years. and I've only been here for a week. I'm very excited to see what they have up here in the majors and see what they can do for me. Now, specifically, what does he mean? It's little things, the food, the nutrition side, the strength coaches, and everything like that. You can tell they've made so many steps forward toward trying to make everything better here. So it's a small thing, but it's cool to hear a player who would have that perspective of, I was here, I'm gone, I'm back again, noticing such a big difference. All right, let's get to Mauricio, because I think this one's going to be fascinating in terms of what they do with him next year. Now, obviously, option there's many options. One is they could trade him. Tell me the trade, then we could tell you if we like it or not. Obviously, I think we're excited about Ronnie Mauricio, but as the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase once said, everybody's got a price. So I'm sure there's a David Stearns trade where we'd say, ah, it sucks Mauricio's gone, but yay, we've got blank. The other option is Billy Epler still in charge, and they're sending Ronnie Mauricio to AAA. I don't think that's the case. In the small sample size that Ronnie's had at the major league level, he's not only been impressive, but he had a great year at AAA, he had a great year at winter ball. He's done everything the Mets have asked him to do. They need his bat in the lineup next year. A switch hitter with power from both sides, he needs to play. So it leads to the question of, okay, what position? Now, one of the options is, and this was an email sent to us at therecob at gmail.com that I think a lot of people are going to have, and it came from David. David wrote about season tickets, which I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. We did that in the last podcast. But he thinks, I think Mauricio can replace McNeil as the everyday utility guy. And he's also a switch hitter, which is more of an advantage. What do you think? Here's what I think. I think Jeff McNeil is special. The ability to play right field and be great at it, the ability to play left field and be really good at it, the ability to play second base and be really good at it, the ability to have no idea where you're going to be position-wise and have it not really affect you is an amazing trait. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't know if a young player like Ronnie Mauricio could handle that. That, And I don't know, maybe he can. I've seen young guys do it. Miguel Cabrera, very early in his career, bounced around multiple positions before he finally settled on third base and then first base. But with a guy as young as Mauricio, in theory, David's right. Like, in theory, boy, wouldn't that be ideal? Third base, second base, left field, DH. Yay! He plays every day. It's a different position every day. I don't know if that works more times than not. Jeff McNeil has spoiled us. It's a part of why McNeil's value is probably greater than we give it credit for. 
So when we talk about the locker room, if you say, well, just trade Jeff McNeil, locker room will be fine. You got to remember the value he brings by that ability. The ability to play second base at a high level, left field, right field, like depending on what's happening around him, health, young players coming up, free agents, Jeff McNeil could be an everyday player at one of three different positions, maybe four, if you stuck him at third base. I think that Mauricio is going to be better off with a position. I, I, I do. As much as it would be awesome for him to be a super utility guy, I think he's going to be better off at a position. So far, it is a small sample size, and I am stereotyping based on his body. I'm stereotyping based on his height. He just feels like a third baseman. That, that's how I feel. Now, has he been good at second base? Yes, he has. Can he play second base? Probably. But do you not get that sense that when you look at him, he feels long-term, because of his size, more of a third baseman than a second baseman? Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why shortstop makes so much sense for him, too, is because I feel like nowadays that a lot of these shortstops are, are big. It, 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 but and the second base is, is, is more of like a – I think of Jeff McNeil, who's a little skinnier, smaller guy, Dan Ugly, even like a thick guy like that who played second base. But that's it. Like you're never going to get like these tall towers playing second base. You have them more in the corners. Yeah, and I'd love if he could play the outfield because I think – We haven't seen him play the outfield, but when you look at the Mets' potential depth chart next year, there's a lot of questions in the outfield. Like, is DJ Stewart an everyday player? Can Starling Marte come back and be, you know, 80% of what he was two years ago? And because of those questions, it makes you say, okay, it'd be great if one of those guys could play the outfield. And that could be the future for a guy like Brett Beatty, because naturally, and Gary Cohen wondered about this on the Sunday broadcast, with Ron Darling, which is if Mauricio's the third baseman, if that's the position you select for him, what about Vientos? What about Beatty? I know you mentioned at the top of the pod, well, trade Brett Beatty. What is his value? Like during the offseason last year, there were rumblings of the Marlins' interest and there were rumblings of a Brett Beatty Pablo Lopez deal. Today, you'd make that trade. Today, you'd say, yeah, I get a middle of the rotation starting pitcher who makes his starts every five days done but during the offseason we didn't want to make that trade you know that you didn't want to make that trade so is this year enough for you to accept the lesser value of what Brett Beatty has well here's the thing though right like if you're uh, we just made a trade for, for a bunch of prospects and a lot of these guys are similar positions that not everyone's moving to the outfield not everyone can move to the outfield Guys like Vientos and Beatty, I'm sorry, they have more of a short leash for me because I want if I have to have a pick a quicker trigger finger as far as when do we cut ties with these guys to see what the younger kids have. I I'm I'm more for getting the Acuna Acunas to come up sooner or later. The the the, the young kids that they just traded for, see if they can come up sooner and not have Beatty and Vientos block them for the next three or four years. And be like, wow, they they sucked. We, we They kind of heard, were who, they, who the, we thought they were. This is a really long-term hypothetical because I'm sure during the offseason we'll have 100 different options for these positions. But right now, middle of September, late September, if I told you opening day 2024, Ronnie Mauricio is the third baseman. Jeff McNeil is the second baseman. Pete's still here. 
Lindor is at shortstop. And I told you, DH, the plan is a platoon of Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos. What would you say? Uh, is Vogel back on the team, first of all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first question. Um, I'm, I'm not thrilled. I'm not, I'm not thrilled because, again, you have two guys that haven't proven anything yet. And where if there's someone in free agency or trade that can be that everyday guy and you don't have to worry about, well, let's get this guy versus lefties, this guy versus right, righties. I, I just want to just put somebody in there who can play every day. I would be willing to take the gamble on Beatty, Vientos, and any of the younger players that come up next year, though. I'm not sure if Jet Williams is on the Major League roster next year or Luis Angel Acuna is on the Major League roster at some point next year. Uh, I don't know if those guys get here. I'd be more willing to risk youth in the lineup and just use all my money and assets to improve this rotation and improve this bullpen because I think it's so far and away the priority. But we'll have a lot of time to do this during the offseason. Uh, final week of the season has arrived. They've got six games at City Field. The Marlins Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The Phillies Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I guess it's just going to be Final turnaround with the rotation. Luke Casey on Tuesday. Kodai Senga's final start on Wednesday. David Peterson on Thursday. Tyler McGill on Friday. Quintana on Saturday. And Jose Budo on Sunday. I did hear from the broadcast that Daniel Murphy is going to throw out the first pitch on Friday night. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to go to the city field. Go to the city field. To go to city field a few more times because, listen, man, once it's over, it's over. It's a very long off-season. October, November, December, January, February, most of March. That's half a year of not smelling the grass and the hot dogs and the popcorn and the dog manure from the, when the puppies come on Fridays, <laughs> whenever the hell they come, bark in the park. I'm going to miss that crap since our final uh chance to get out the city field. Have you told – because, like, Anthony, my youngest, just realized I told him. I was like, listen, you know – this is the final week for baseball. Like, it's gone. He's like, forever? I'm like, no, not forever, but, you know, not until <laughs> baseball season starts up again. He doesn't really, like, this is the first, like, real season he's been locked in on. By the way, both teams, he's a Yankee fan. They didn't make the playoffs either. <laughs> it's not going to be a good sign for future reference. But um, that being said, though, it, it is. It's an everyday thing, and he hasn't accepted it yet. Is, does Jet understand the fact that there is a finality right now? Yes, he's already moved on to who are we rooting for in the playoffs? How are we <laughs> handling that? And I said, you have to listen to the Rico. We're going to do a whole Rico about our rooting interests and who we should root for and root against. So <laughs> that's only a week away, by the way. I mean, we're, we're basically here. Final week of the year. We only have two more Ricos that recap a series. And then we'll recap the season, look at the offseason, and do all sorts of fun stuff. You can email the pod anytime, therecob at gmail.com. Therecob at gmail.com. By the way, standings-wise, the Mets now have I think it's the seventh worst record in Major League Baseball. Remember, they have to be in the bottom six to not have their draft pick go back 10 slots. But even if they're in the bottom six or even if they're not, it doesn't matter because there's a lottery. So they could jump the number one or they could fall back. So, yeah, very, very confusing. Feels like the NBA all over again. But we appreciate you listening and downloading. I'll be on the air at 2 o'clock with Tiki, Pete, and the middays with BT and Sal. Thank you very much for listening to another edition of Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.